0: Uh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your grace towards us. Thank you that you uh, have promised that we will be your witnesses, that you will fill us with the spiritual power for that task. Um, Lord, I pray for these kids as they go, that you would be empowering them, that you'd be building them up to be more and more your people, more and more the reflection of your glory. We thank you for their young faith. We pray that you'll just grow it and grow it across their lives. And we pray in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for ourselves today that you would grow our faith as well, that you'd turn our eyes towards you, and that you'd send us out as a people equipped by the glory of our Lord to follow you more closely. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Well, uh, let me say it again. It's just a joy to be with you this morning. Uh, We are... we are uh, up, to this, up to the start of this series at Gospel Church. We've been going through uh, a series uh, in the book of Luke. We mentioned it earlier on at Gospel Church Millicent. It's, it's called The Limitless Gospel. Um, it's, it's named that because in Luke we see Jesus breaking through barriers uh, and reaching the lost in ways and in places that we could never have dreamed possible, given the history before him. In ways that were met in his day, either by stunned silence, shocked outrage, or outrageous joy uh, by the people of his day there. But but today, in, in the third part of our vision series, uh, we're going to take a little step, and we're going to step into the book of Acts, uh, just for today. Now, Acts, I'm not sure if you're aware, it's written as a sister volume to the book of Luke, uh, Luke is the, the gospel story of the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And, and Acts is the story of the news about Jesus, of that gospel news spreading, going out across literal borders, crossing nations and people groups relentlessly as more and more come to believe. And if we call our series in Luke, the limitless gospel, we'd have to refer to Acts as the story of the unstoppable gospel. Uh, time and again in Acts, the going out of the gospel comes under threat and challenges. Uh, and time and again, the gospel overcomes by the power of the Spirit, by the power of Jesus. In the first chapter of Acts, Jesus Jesus ascends up to heaven. We read about this just now. Uh, Deborah read it out for us. Uh, but before he goes, he commissions his followers. He says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you will receive power... When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And again and again, we see the truth of Jesus' words in the book of Acts being worked out on the page. At the beginning of of chapter two, the disciples haven't reached anyone yet because the spirit has not yet come. They are gathered uh, together without any hint of going out and being the witnesses of Jesus They almost seem like they're cowering in fear, to be honest, Uh, afraid of the authorities. And and, and who could blame them, really? You know, not that long ago, Jesus had been crucified. Sure, he was risen now, but crucifixion still hurts. Uh, (laughs) um, But God, God steps into the situation and God overcomes their fear and their failures. The spirit descends, as Jesus said it would, and silent fear gives way to loud boldness. They are empowered to speak the gospel in different languages on that occasion. And on that first day, more than 13 nationalities are reached with the gospel. And the word begins to spread, and it just never stops from there on in. Along the way, the gospel faces many barriers. Several, Several times in the book of Acts alone, and this is a pattern that will continue throughout all of history... Uh, the uh, disciples, and even in that time, the apostles, they are arrested for sharing the gospel. Um, in one instance, they are let go and told not to speak the gospel again. I think I think they might get a little beating there or something. They go out and they share the gospel again, and the gospel's not stopped. Uh, in one instance, God just opens the jail and lets Peter go, uh, and the, the gospel continues to go out. Uh, in one instance, God opens the jail with an earthquake, but the uh, the apostles, they don't leave until the jailer and his family are converted. And then they head on out of there and the gospel is not stopped. The gospel continues to spread. In some instances, like those of Stephen and James, they actually die. Uh, and, and, and that's really hard, isn't it? They, they die, but they go to be with Jesus, when they die and the gospel is not stopped. More workers go out and the work continues on and the gospel spreads. Relentlessly it spreads and every attempt to hold it down just seems to fan the flames higher of its spread. What can be done to stop the spread of news that offers better eternal life beyond this life? You know, imprison those believers and guards are converted. Kill them and you just send them home and more go out. There's no real way to win in that situation if you're against them. Nothing can stop the good news empowered by the spirit of God. Look look at Paul, right? Like Paul's the fun, easy case, isn't he? Uh, He goes out to destroy the church. He's the guy that we read about who is standing there holding the cloaks and approving while Stephen, the Christian, is stoned to death. And Paul goes out with official orders to persecute the church. And on the way, God gives him new orders, gives him a new commission. He says, you will be my apostle to the Gentiles. You're going to take the gospel to the nations. The gospel overcomes the barrier and the gospel is not stopped. Just look at Paul's ministry in Acts. You know, you want an exciting read? You want to know why Matt Anderson chose to write his thesis paper in Acts? Read the book. It's amazing um Gentile cities under the ministry of Paul's ministry is going on become centers for gospel outreach not just places where the gospel was reached in numerous places a church begins and it's followed by persecution by riots by attempts to stone Paul uh, attempts to imprison Paul but the gospel continues to be driven forward even on that wave of persecution it's not just cities that are being reached. A lot of people skip over these words, but more than once in there we hear that the gospel was being preached to the villages and to the towns, to the small places as well as the big. Good news for us. Churches were cropping up everywhere in this time. Even when Paul is finally imprisoned for a long period, it just becomes kind of a meaningless imprisonment. The gospel continues to be carried forward, even by Paul. He wants to take the gospel to Rome, and lo and behold, they take him to Rome as a prisoner. You know, God's purposes are not thwarted. Governors and kings are unable to stop the spread of the gospel in this story. And at the end of the book of Acts, Paul's in Rome, the center of the known world. The gospel has gone from the old city to the new city, from Jerusalem to Rome. uh, And he's declaring from there the gospel. And the final words in the book of Acts, uh, he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And if that seems like a little bit of an underwhelming ending, it's because it's really not an ending. Uh, It sort of isn't. It sort of isn't. Uh, I was reading recently, I thought this was that, the book of Acts almost implies that the last sentence shouldn't finish with a full stop, but with three of them. Uh, It's it's really like it should be followed by this. uh, There's something coming next. The last page of Acts in my Bible actually has mostly blank on it. I think it would be the same in those... Bibles here, it calls us, continue the story. The gospel will not be stopped, it will go out relentlessly until Jesus comes back. It is the unstoppable gospel. But but as we read Acts, there's something vital, something essential, central to God's plan working out in this world and the going out of the gospel that we might miss or we might undervalue to our own detriment. Uh, The book of Acts is the story of churches planting churches. You ever notice that reading through there, how often a new church is being formed because another church has sent people? Everywhere we look in Acts, gatherings begin. Churches pop up. Missionaries go out sent by churches. And those missionaries, they go and they plant more churches. That They assign elders in those churches and the, and the gospel spreads not just by the word of apostles but by the word of the people or in other words by the words of the churches. Unstoppably the gospel of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus goes out and the physical representation of this spreading kingdom is the planting of local churches that exist in his glory. As I mentioned, we're in part three here of our vision series at Gospel Church Middleton. And uh, our vision is that Gospel Church would exist to see the good news of Jesus go out to all peoples in the country with transforming power for the glory of God and the joy of all who come to believe. Uh, and we seek to live that out, that that vision, we seek to live it out by Three things by multiplying disciples of Jesus, by multiplying gospel communities. And I'm going to expand this last one a little bit by taking part uh, in the work that God's church has been doing since Acts chapter two. Planting new churches specifically for us in the country. In the first part of this series, we connected the, the vision of God with the vision of the church. Uh, God's vision is that his glory will be displayed, known and enjoyed throughout creation. And his mission, his method of seeing it come about is through a people who as uh, as they know and enjoy the goodness of God found in the face of Jesus would display that glory to the world around them through the gospel of Jesus. In the second part, we looked at those first two avenues of our uh, mission statement, multiplying disciples and multiplying gospel communities. We saw that this is just really the basic work, the day in, day out of what a local church is meant to be. We lead others to be like Jesus through the good news of Jesus and we do it in community together. You could say that last week was our 2020 Vision series. Um, sermon, rather. So what does the next year hold for Gospel Church? Well, making disciples, multiplying Gospel communities are the, the the top ticket items on the list. And, of course, it's not just our 2020. It's what we see as the ongoing work of Gospel Church. That's what we want to see really pick up here in the next year. But that's uh, that's what we increasing and, and today we come to the last point of the mission statement which is that we are here to plant gospel churches in country places and this is probably what you could call our 2030 vision uh, though certainly we'd do it sooner if given the opportunity right like uh, we're, we're not going to hold off till then if we don't have to uh, we, we see it as a key part of our ministry as a church that we send out more gospel churches um, now, this might come as a little bit of a surprise to some, potentially. Uh, you might hear that and be a bit shocked. Gospel Church Minlison has only existed for a just over a year and a week now. And we are talking already about planting churches. We're crazy. Yes, have you met us? Uh, <laughs> perhaps the idea even of being a church that plants churches has never crossed your mind. right? Well, let, let's put it to rest today, shall we? Uh, The vision of this church does not end with this church. If we become a thriving congregation that's reaching the lost in our area, we cannot sit back and say, mission accomplished, right? We long to see the gospel light a fire that will spread across our area, spread across the country in a way that puts coronavirus to shame, right? If a virus could be ashamed. I don't think it's a thing. So today, all I want to do from here on out is I want to put two reasons before you as to why we would aim towards this. And then I want to give you a little bit of a brief, practical, under the hood look at how we would see it happening. So reason number one, uh, the country is a place of exceptional gospel drought. Uh, That might sound funny to you because there are heaps of buildings in the country marked church, aren't there? Uh, there are heaps of places where a, a few people gather together as a church, but but how many of these churches are places where you would go Sunday in and Sunday out and week in and week out and hear the gospel? How many of these churches are taking the gospel out to their community around them? Would be my question. I know this is this seems like harsh questioning, but it's necessary questions for us to ask how many are reaching the lost and how many are people on fire with the mission of God, so wrapped are we with with the beauty of our saviour. In many ways, country South Australia walks parallel with and two steps behind the city in Adelaide. Uh, this is my observation anyway, if you went back 20 years in Adelaide, uh, you would find a city filled with churches and lacking the gospel. Uh, Not in every case, not in every situation, of course, there were beautiful exceptions to this. But in most cases, churches had no clarity in what they believed. They were increasingly being overthrown by liberal theology uh, or or just a dry dead cousin of evangelicalism. But but fast forward to today, right? And and, and it's my great joy to say that uh, there is a fire spreading across the city. Not a natural one, don't worry. Take a breath. But, but really, it's, it's, it's only just getting crackling over there, you know. There are churches planting churches that are good, gospel-centered, theologically rich, lovers of Jesus who are reaching the world around them. Healthy churches, committed to the gospel of Jesus, willing to pay the cost to see that news go out. They're, they're appearing more and more. But this is where the country is kind of two steps behind, unfortunately. Uh, dead churches with populations who are rapidly physically representing their spiritual death really do abound in the country Um, but once again not in every case don't take this as a specific assault on a specific church i'm speaking in generalities here liberal churches abound in the country Um, or just churches who don't know where they stand and, and and with whom they stand they abound but remember the promise of God that we read about two weeks ago in Habakkuk 2, 14. God promises the earth will be filled with knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Although this place is a dry place in gospel terms, the gospel of Jesus is still fully able to reveal God's glory and bring a gospel flood to a dry place. God's people need to move in faith. So so reason number one why we are here to plant gospel churches in country places, we exist in a place of gospel drought, but we trust in God to send the rain, to send the rain of his gospel through his people as he has planned from the beginning. We long for the flood of the gospel, don't we? So we long to plant churches. We long to make disciples. We long to multiply gospel communities and we long to plant churches. Reason number two, there is a place for us on the last page of the book of Acts. You won't find a title there that says Gospel Church Middleton, unless you've been writing in your Bible. But uh, I'm not saying that we should be editing the canon of Scripture. Let me be really, really clear here. We're not writing our new Bible. It's all right. We're going to stick with the original and the best and the only. But the church... Planting story of Acts is a story that we step into as a church by nature of being a church. A story that we're called into. The story of churches who plant churches who plant churches until all the earth is filled with the the declaration of God's glory is a story that we are called to step into by merit of being a church. This isn't recognised in every congregation, but it is there. This is God's mission plan. There is no plan B. And there need not be a plan B because when God's people in the power of God's spirit carry forth the unstoppable gospel, nothing can stand in the way. That's the lesson of Acts, right? Jesus is not stopped. Let me, let me just... Do a little thing here and say, maybe, maybe maybe what I'm speaking to you doesn't speak to you today, because maybe uh, you're not a part of God's people. Maybe you haven't believed the gospel of the, the life, the death and the resurrection of Jesus that makes that makes a sinner righteous, right? That makes the dead alive. That crosses barriers and borders, breaches prisons and walls, and survives shipwrecks at sea just to reach you at the end of that path. Jesus calls you to repent of your sin and your pride. You can't save yourself. You don't need to save yourself. Your running is unnecessary. Believe in Jesus to save you. Be saved. Your heart is not greater than any of the other obstacles that the gospel has crossed. God can save you. Now, as I close today, I want to just give you, like I said, a a little Practical under the hood moment of how we envisage church planting happening through this church. And, and, and honestly, we're, we're looking a long way ahead here. This may look different to this. But this is our this is our dream of it. This is our vision. Uh, some churches aim, do this, they aim to grow really, really big and then perhaps plant churches after that. Uh, that's not Practical here, the sizes they're talking about when they say big are kind of Middleton, for instance. Uh, (laughs) um, And and honestly, I'm not convinced that that's healthy for a church, even where it is practical. You know, we we do hope to grow. Uh, Heavens forbid we would not hope to grow as a church. Um, You know, maybe to 100, maybe more. And as we grow, we want to be multiplying gospel communities, which are communities of disciples on mission in their area. Eventually, we'd love to send a, a core team, perhaps made up of one or two of those those gospel communities that are situated in another town, right, uh, to form a new gospel church there. We'd like to send them out as a gospel church planting church. You know, when we planted here a year and ten days ish ago. Um. Our, our our committed team, with a strong vision for the for for how this church was going to go, was about three. Uh, it, was, it was myself, Crystal, Matt. We had we had an extra circle of people around that who were keen to get involved and and who we hadn't really communicated particularly well with at that point. Hopefully, that's changing. And you know, to God's praise, that the numbers growing, right? And not just the numbers, people are growing. People are being challenged. People are being discipled. Our hope, though, is that by the time that we send a church plant, it doesn't look like that. Maybe maybe five years, maybe 10 years, that we can send a, a team, you know, maybe 15 to 30 people who are committed, who are well-prepared, who share a vision for the mission to bring the gospel to a new place, who are committed to the mission to make disciples, to multiply gospel communities and to plant more gospel churches. We want to send out churches here. We want to send out churches that multiply disciples, communities and churches. We want to see a flood of the gospel in the places that have been so dry and so thirsty for so long. We want to see the glory of the Lord fill the country like the waters cover the sea. We want people to know Jesus. Thus wrappeth up the vision series. I want to pray for us, um, maybe I'll leave it open uh, as we reflect over the last three weeks at what we've looked at and what the vision of this church is. I'll leave it open that if you want to call out in prayer, well, two open prayer times in a service, how we survive. Our policy here at Gospel Church is that you can never have too much prayer in a service. Let's test that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to pray for that, if you want to pray in thanks to God or you want to pray towards our future, and pray for the growth of this church, you feel free, but I'll I'll start us off. Lord, the story of your church is the story of your gospel advancing. Relentlessly, Lord, unstoppably across landscapes and across people groups, it is the story of the gospel going out and of churches being planted. It's the story of disciples being made. It's a story that moves from one person being saved through to a community being saved, through to a church being planted, through to churches being sent from that church. We ask that you would work that unstoppable power here on York Peninsula in the country, um, that your gospel would go out with great power, that you'd lead us in that, Lord, that we'd always be looking to Jesus and never to ourselves for the power for that. And that in dependence on you, uh, in our weakness, but knowing that you are strong, you would work powerfully to the praise of your glory, uh, to the praise of your grace. We pray it in the name of Jesus. We pray that we would grow as a church. or We don't want to uh, just get people in from other churches. We want to see people coming and hear the gospel for the very first time and be saved. Hmm. So it was uh, boldness, and a desperate desire to, to reach out to those around us, those that sometimes difficult to reach or may not want to hear about it, but your Holy Spirit can still change them and save them. So give us uh, faith and trust in the power of your gospel, not in our ability to convince anyone of the truth, but uh, solely trust in the power of the gospel. To bring people in and save them, uh, not just so that they would be a willing church tender, but so that they would be a disciple made disciple, someone who can preach and teach from your word and uh, reach others and plant churches. With what we need to work Lord, I just pray that um, you would lead us to those in the community who don't know you, but Mm. are wondering, asking questions, um, seeking, whatever, Lord, that you would lead us to them so that we can share your love with them, Lord, and and invite them um, to come to hear the gospel preached. Nothing can be greater than seeing people come come to Christ, and, um, and we thank you that we can share in that with others in our community. Thank you, Lord. Well, we can do it in our own strength. Father, what we need is to have that intimacy of a relationship with you, mm. yes. so that through that the Holy Spirit will indwell and empower us to Him to do the work. Lord, we are Your servants, and we want to be used by You. It would be a fantastic privilege mm. to work for You. The Lord will need to do it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not by ourselves. We ask, Lord, that we will be committed to you to the degree that you are able to use us as we move in obedience to your prompting. Lord, turn our eyes ever towards you. There is nothing that speaks so powerfully to a world in need of you than a people who look to you and have you. We pray that we would be a people whose very lives declare your grace to us, whose weaknesses declare your strength in us, whose love for others declares the great love that we have received from you and whose words declare the name of Jesus. Yeah, as we look to you, Lord, equip us through the glory of you to go to work, to love the lost and to share your word to each one of us be a a speaker and a liver of the gospel. And we pray that in this uh, gospel of Jesus would go with transforming power to the peoples and country places for the glory of God and the joy of all those who come to believe. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.